And one of the reasons why I wanted to speak to you is this kind of pressure that guys put on their partner in these scenarios to kind of look a certain way or to experience, you know, pleasure a certain way or to vocalize and, and to, to orgasm. And I was wondering, you know, are you able to maybe elaborate and expand on any pressure yeah. that oh, you felt or that you've seen all the time. other people feel and, you know, not from ready to guys because they project kind of their desire and arousal onto the In a place where they're way. vulnerable, both like literally and physically, you are naked and you're also like mentally vulnerable in that state. Firstly, there's a pressure to know what you want. You know, that's what all the Cosmo mags tell us, right? Tell them what you want. So many people don't know, or it might be different in a different scenario. So like one of the types of pressure that I tell people that will go on in like a lot of women's head will be, okay, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Cam, what I want. And then you do it. And I'm like, oh, well, I told him I want that, but I actually don't like that. But I told him I wanted it. So I'm just going to fake it because that's easier than being like, hey, I changed my mind. And that's the thing that happens a lot of the time. So there's a pressure to first just know what you want when you might be like, I don't have any idea. Can we explore it together? But then it's also something where it it can become a lot about the ego of the other person. So if that person feels like they can't make me come, like, hey, I'm upset too. It's not just you. Like, I would love to do that. Like, I am not an easy to orgasm person and I'm jealous of people who are, but sometimes it's just the way the wind blows as well too. And when I feel like if my partner feels like it is, you know, a deterrent on them that they can't do that, then all of a sudden their pleasure becomes my pleasure's priority. So like I was experiencing this a lot with my partner currently where like he solely derives his pleasure from my pleasure. And I have a problem with that because that means him having a good time is dependent on me having a good time. The only thing I can do to give him a good time is for me to experience physical pleasure, which can sound great, but it's it's just a lot. Like I have to go into any sexual situation and be like, okay, do I think I'm in an orgasm? Because if I don't, maybe we shouldn't do this. Or like, I have to be 120% certain that I'm going to end in something physically pleasurable instead of the goal being like, have a good time. So there's this pressure on, knowing what you want. There's a pressure on orgasming, potentially. There could be a pressure on squirting. And then beyond that is you don't want to do anything that's going to turn this person off because for whatever reason, men's opinion on our bodies and what our bodies do because it's direct correlation of them, like that could be a thing that completely turns someone off. As someone who squirts a lot, I can't tell you how many people have been turned off by that in one way or the other or don't want to see me again because of it. That has been a huge filtration of people that either fetishize me, people who shame me for it, or people who just don't want to deal with it. And you know what? People are entitled to not like want certain things, just like I, I can do the same, but that's just something that has to become in the filtration process before we get there. Cause I don't feel like dealing with it at that point. So there's the pressure to perform. There's the pressure to not do anything that's deemed like in air quotes, like embarrassing. So if there's something that looks a certain way or smells a certain way or, or whatever it may be. It's like, we have to remember at the end of the day is that they're bodies and you're, you're with this person for whatever the reason are, but like bodies don't always behave the way we want them to. They do really amazing things. They do things that we deem to be embarrassing or gross. And they just do both things. You're the same body that comes also takes poops. They just do both. And they're around the same area. There's a piece of this puzzle that like guys are missing. Like I, I, when I speak to men, they oftentimes don't realize how much pressure they're putting on their partner 
And I, I think it's because like the the mentality that a lot of men have is like, oh, I want to make her come so badly. Like I, I just want to do this for her, like kind of taking responsibility for her pleasure. So like they're, they're kind of going, I've got to do all the things. I've got to do the move. I've got to do the thing. Like I've got to, you know, penetrate her with my cock. Like it's her pleasure is dependent upon like what, what he's doing. And so he's got to do like all the things. And that's where his own performance anxiety can come from. But kind of from that space is like on the other ends from, from those women is, and, and I've spoken to a lot of women about this and, and you've just beautifully shared then it's like, fuck now I've feel like I have to come. And if I don't, then, you know, your, your ego is going to get, uh, take a blow and, and, and then, you know, sex is going to be a failure if there's no orgasm and all those things are kind of tied up. And, and that's where I feel like faking orgasms comes from as well. It comes from that kind of dynamic where the pressure's put on the woman to, to experience pleasure. And if she doesn't, then something's gone wrong. So like to save his ego and to, you know, there's a whole big thing of women tolerating specific, you know, things during sex as well, because they're kind of, you know, even though, Cosmo magazines and all that are saying, you know, speak up. There's still a lot of resistance for, for people to speak up in those sexual scenarios. And, and so there's this phenomenon of a lot of, a lot of women just kind of putting up with the touch that they're getting and the, the sex that they're having. And so we get this dynamic where no one's really talking and there's pressure on both sides, pressure on each other, pressure on ourselves. And then the sex, you know, is tends to be pretty shit after that. We're, and like, we're, we're just expecting to show up to sex and be like, okay, let's figure it out. My friend Remy Casimir has a podcast called Hell Come. Like her joke is that like, you know, someone gives you a Rubik's Cube and you have to fix it. And also you're naked. It's, that's an impossible, you have to be able to have conversations and talk and discover instead of putting so much pressure on that one act. You can't expect everything to be fixed in that moment. And like beyond that, even if it's just different acts, I think a lot of people feel like, well, because I really love you and you love me, therefore you should want to do this thing that I want to do. No matter how much someone loves you, desires you, cares about you, they don't have to do the thing that you want to do. And that's like, it's a lot of conversation still of like, how do I convince my girlfriend to do anal? How do I convince my partner to do this? And like, there, you know, you can talk to them, you can provide education, but we can't convince, we can't make someone do anything at the end of the day. And if we think like if anal is an integral part to your relationship, then maybe you shouldn't be dating that person. If I need someone who doesn't fetishize or shame me of my squirting, I need to figure that out before I start dating someone. That's on me. If I know that I, that is something I absolutely need. If you need to have anal with your partner, then you need to start figuring that out earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's, uh, and this is maybe where I want to follow my own curiosity is like, how do you have those conversations? What is, what is a way that you kind of broach that topic and say, Hey, this is kind of what I need. And, and this is one of my sexual needs. And are uh, you able to fulfill that? Like what's, cause otherwise you, you, you tread into waters of coercion, right? Of like, if you loved me, you would do this. Right. And um, it becomes that manipulation. So how do you, how do you open up that conversation to start having those discussions? I think it, well, it's something that also doesn't have to get fixed or decided in that moment. So I could tell my partner that I'm, I'm something I really like is anal. And that's the thing that I'm interested in. And I could just mention that and see what they say. I don't be like, will you do that with me? Or like on the topic of squirting, cause that's not something to do. That's just how someone's opinion is. I'll just, I'll either see what their current stance is, or if it's something that feels like it can be melded or not. And that also depends on my patience and my ability to do emotional labor and educate. So of saying like, 
you know, this is something that I do, I see what their reaction is. If they're like, oh my God, that's so hot, blah, blah. And all this thing, I'm like, okay, maybe we'll see how it goes when we're in bed. Maybe if it goes that far, but probably not on the list. Or if they start asking me like, is it pee? Then I'm like, I don't, why do you care? So it, it kind of depends on if it's just like an act that you want someone to engage in you with, if it's like BDSM, or if it's like, hey, let's see if this person fetishizes my race. That's that's going to be less of like, so what do you think about Asian women? Like type of, like it, a lot of it's going to be more of a slow burn, but it's really just, if you give people enough space and room, they will tell you everything that you need to know. Just say, like ask a question and stay silent and let someone answer. It's really just about being observant and patient. 